everybody, brand new CornerCast podcast. We're so happy that you're returning for yet another episode. I think we're up to 52. I think this is 52. Let me check. Yep, we are at number 52. We made it over 50, and I'm still taking a little bit of break of recording. I have a couple that might be scheduled for the next couple weeks, but you guys are going to get to hear our Collector's Secret Origins podcast series. And this week is week two. And we're talking to JQ. Now, JQ and I go pretty far back. I mean, we're talking five, six years, maybe. I first met JQ through Brian Isaacs from the Fanboy Factor. And they invited me to be a guest on their show. And through a series of things, it kind of inspired me to start my own podcast. I wanted to do something a little bit different. I didn't like the the general radio vibe for it, where it was like hit special topics and like the round table kind of thing. It just wasn't for me. I wanted more conversational. So I did. I started my own podcast. JQ was one of our first guests. So you can go back and listen to that podcast uh, and check out, you know, some of his, like who he is, like when he grew up, kind of a little more of his history. This one focuses a little more on what he collects and how he got into collecting a little bit. So it's a little bit of a different slant. There might be some repetition between them, but for the most part, we try to stick with, modern collecting and things like that and a little bit of like what kept him collecting over the years because we're kind of close in the age and so it was interesting for that it was also interesting because I think we talked a little bit about teaching and how bringing toys into the classroom and and kind of spark inspiration and, and talk about stuff so it was really good and he's also one of the only people that I know that's a teacher like me and is also called Mr. Q. So it's a little weird when I see him posting on Facebook and he says Mr. Q. I kind of am like confused for a second and then I realize who it is. So again, we're we're at 52. Uh 52 podcasts and we've been going strong since February with a weekly podcast every Thursday before midnight. So it's right ready for your Friday drive. And we're going to try, we're going to keep, we are going to keep up the schedule. There's no doubt. I've got another three or four more, three more after this that are pre recorded from last year when we did our collector's chats. And then we're going to have some new ones. And then that's going to roll us right into San Diego Comic Con, which I'm finally set for. I've got my tickets, I've got my plane, I've got my um, hotel, I'm all set. New adventures this year completely new hotel we're really excited about I'm, I'm really excited about it. it's a little bit different and a little bit different part of the city so excited for that and we're just gearing up to see what kind of toys we're going to see coming out uh in the next year or so from all the major companies hopefully we'll get to talk to some of them at the show and just our normal san diego stuff what else is going on i'm trying to think what else is going on around here um not much. I mean, we've had trouble with the NECA pre-order system. Luckily, between Bill and I, we, we got through and we got our turtle set. But I know a lot of people are having trouble with that checkout button. So the exclusives are starting to get uh, put out there. Randy Macho Man Savage is going to be the Mattel exclusive. So that's kind of exciting. I think what else? Swamp Sing got canceled supposedly over tax credits that the state wouldn't give the company so they lost money and they couldn't afford to do another season even though everybody's saying that it was creative differences i believe the taxing more than the creative differences uh new wonder woman picture popped up um new marvel legends are coming out new transformers are starting to hit so there's just a lot of stuff going on and that's kind of where we've been focusing 
our energies. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So I'm, I'm really just excited to finally get these out there. I've had plans for them for over a year now, and it's nice to actually put it into action, give myself a little bit of a break, and, and, and then throw myself back into our regular weekly new podcast where we're talking about topical stuff, and I'm just not running through it in the intro. So I'm babbling on a little bit. I should probably go, but before I go, I want to say thank you all. Please remember to uh, like, subscribe, and share out our podcast. We appreciate it. We'd like to grow. We'd like to be able to do more things. We'd like to reach out to bigger guests. And so that's that's on our radar. Um, remember to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at Caster's Corner, every single one of those. And please remember to... Um, hit up our sponsor Mike's comics and stuff. There'll be links to the store in the article, uh, in the description of the podcast. So please check him out. Let him know you that we sent you. It's a great source for Mesco, great source for Marvel legends. Um, and just anything good pricing, good shipping and really good customer service. So even as a customer, cause we buy things from them too. Um, we're very happy with the service. So, um, yeah, so we're going to get into it. So this is, I think, Jay's Q's third third appearance, his first one. When we began the podcast a few weeks ago, we talked about collecting comic books and kind of caught up, and we talked Captain Marvel. We talked a lot of Captain Marvel. I think that was a lot of fun to do. <clears throat> and just get a different perspective from a guy who is raising two girls and to see how they kind of took to Captain Marvel. So that was a really interesting podcast. But tonight, it's our collector showcase, Secret Origins. With me and JQ. Right now, because it's a bear and me working with technology, you know, I have my lab and there's the, they come in there for their testing. And then, you know, uh, if something breaks down, they open the door, they switch spots with me as a proctor so I can go fix their problem. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, that's that's the way of life. And how about the comic shop? I heard you guys had some storm damage. Oh yeah, last Saturday, uh, I, 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 they say it was a a small EF two, big EF one, touchdown. Um, and ironically enough, I wasn't there. That was my normal shift. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was working an after school event at the school for the weekend, and um, it came down um, kind of like Morse code. Like it was across the street. It picked up a small, you know, the little small U-Haul trailers, mm-hmm. picked up one of those and um, knocked the boat over. And the U-Haul trailer came to the parking lot. It threw about four cars around, uh, blew the glass out of all the shop. But the guy who was working, he was pretty quick. He grabbed all the books that were by the window and kind of threw the boxes down the hall a little bit. So none, none of the product got damaged. And that was a very, very thing. He didn't get hurt. Product was good. Uh, just the windows were damaged, so we did had to do a little small GoFundMe to get the windows fixed because the landlord didn't uh, wouldn't cover them in the lease agreement for some strange reason. That's a can of worms for a different story. Yeah. So you working in a comic shop, you must see a lot of collectors come and go, like all different types too, like not just toys. Because you know, being on Skype, I can see your background, I can see all the stuff behind you. So you've got a ton of toys. Don't worry, it's just me looking. Nobody else can see you, <laughs> or or just it's just audio. Um, but you know, you must see like comic collectors and toy collectors and card collectors and just about everything. So what's it like for you being a collector, interacting with collectors in some ways? I mean, in some cases, it might be a little bit of a competition because you, well, you have for, access. 
Well, first I can call them on their bullshit. That's the first thing. I I can, you know, they they come in after watching Comic Book Man or porn or porn uh, Pawn Stars. Um, <laughs> it's a different show. <laughs> whoops, <laughs> Freudian slip. Yeah. Um, but no, they come in after watching those shows and they they believe that they they have as gold. Like they'll they'll walk in, and they'll say, "Hey, uh, I got a box of comics that my uncle left me, or I won in a storage unit, or I, I found and." Can you tell me what they are? They're really old. I'm like, okay, well, old doesn't mean that they're expensive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> old just means either they didn't, didn't take care of them properly or get changed the bags and boards. You know, they, they'll come in with these boxes. And, oh, it's a number one. Okay, well, it's a number one from the '90s. Right. And it, I cringe when I think the '90s are old because, but in theory, they kind of are. Yeah, it's almost but, 30 years. I mean, in, in retrospect, though, in comic book wise, the '90s. With the exception of a couple of key issues, you'll find them in a, in a dollar bin. And these – some people don't understand that is that the 90s were so overproduced that print, 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 print. Oh, wait. We sold out? Second print, second print, second print, second I mean right. variant, variant, variant. So it's – you have to talk these people down and say, listen, in your head, you may have a couple hundred dollars, but in theory, you have like four. So – You know, and – Yeah, no, but what's that like? Because, I mean, I know some people – I mean, I, I, I've sold stuff before, you know, th- there's the eBay thing too. We hear, like you said, you brought up comic book men and the whole idea is people go, come in and say, well, this sold on eBay for X number of dollars and right. I want to come sell it to you guys. And at least when I go in, I don't have the expectation that you're going to match the eBay price. Like if something's selling on eBay for 400 bucks, I don't expect you to sell it for 400 bucks. Um, but I'm also not going to take $5 for it. Right. So people that? understand that. They understand that 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 we have to make a profit. Right. As a shop, we we can't match the top dollar mm-hmm. because we have to take the time to put it back in the inventory. How long it sits in the inventory is another thing. Um, we always tell people if you're gonna if they're selling 400 on eBay, go and put it on eBay. Right. But what a lot of people don't understand is these are graded copies most of the time. Like a you you they don't know what a 9.8 is or a 9.6 is or a 9.0. Well, not so just, we have to show them. Right, but not just comics. I'm talking toys, too, because, I mean, that's oh. what we talk, you know, most of the stuff we talk about is toys. But yeah. So, like, the idea of, you know, a Dragon Man, a Fantastic Four Classics Dragon Man. I mean, they were going for 1000 Now they're going for about 500 You know, so going into a shop, a collector might expect, okay, I'm not going to get the 5 but 250 175 maybe. But shops aren't paying that either. Right. So what's what's that like for you guys having saying oh this is a really good thing it'd be we'd be able to sell this in a heartbeat if we had it but we can't match even the half price or the third of a price for it right and that, and that's what you know when that comes into the uh, shop I get the phone call hey I need to come to the shop because my boss at the shop he doesn't do toys he's comics and 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 collectibles so like 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 uh, like autographs. I'm the toy guy. So you're Rob Bruce in your comic shop. Basically. Yeah, they yeah, call basically. you up and say, hey, come check this out. What do we got? Right. Okay. So I come in there and I'll look and, you know, I had to. I, I, I had a bad poker face for a long time because I'd come in and see something I wanted. Like, holy crap, I, I need that. So my face would glow. So then my buddy at the shop like, dude, when I call you in, you got to put a poker face on. I'm like, okay, so I had to work on my poker face. Like, like oh, man, this is broken and, you know, kind of it's dirty here. and But, you know – we, we give people fair deals, but we're, they, they don't understand is that the comic book man, you know, and, 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 uh, Pawn Stars, they get a budget 
to buy these things. And I learned that when I was on Toy Hunter. Oh, nice. I, okay. I, was, on, I was on episode Toy Hunter many moons ago. And I learned that, you know, when they come in to say, hey, I'll make you an offer. Nine times out of ten, they're, it's a fraud offer. They're not making an offer to you. Right. If they do buy something, it's already been pre-noted. Like they told me before um, – I could talk about this now because it's been, what, five, six years. Um, they come and say, hey, he's not going to buy anything, but uh, he will make offers to you. You shake the hand and then – you know, but they're not. No money is going to change hands. They they tell you that ahead of time. So when these people go on these shows, they already pre-noted that hey, we're just if they're whether they buy or not, who knows? Like sometimes you'll see things in comic book men on their back rack of like previous episodes and whatnot. Right. They've hit purchase, but you know, uh, that's that's the that's the the reality is not everyone has a thousand dollars in the, budget the safe in the back to, right. to buy something like that. So like if a dragon man were to come into the shop. You know, my boss, as much as I would tell him, dude, that's worth it. You could flip it really quick. He wouldn't have. He would have to really think about putting the capital up front to, to grab it. Yeah, you know, we've 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 seen rare Marvel Legends come in the shop, and and we've had we sat on Marvel Legends for a long time trying to sell them because, you know, they in our section of the town, they're not as big as I make them out to be because I'm a toy guy. Right. Uh, but, uh, as far as eBay goes for, you know, we have an online store. That's where we do most of our toy sales is online. Right. Um, so taking it back and be, since you, you are the toy guy, when did it start for you? Like what, what was your first toy? What was, what was the thing that sparked it and said, I have this one. I, I, I need the rest that are on the back of the box. Well, when I was younger, uh, I didn't get an allowance. Uh, my, my allowance was grades. That's the way my father said, listen, I'm not going to give you money for doing chores. Uh, you, you are a man of this house. You, you do what I tell you to do. Uh, but if you bring home good grades, I have no problem buying you what you want. Okay. So, I mean, I had every Nintendo game because I was a straight A student up until, uh, my sophomore year when I got my first C. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I would, I mean, I had all, all the Ninja Turtles. I had the turtle layer, the turtle band, the turtle blimp. I mean, I remember having every Ninja Turtles from back in the, the old days. And my brothers and sister and I would always fight because, you know, we would share some of these things. But I, as being the oldest, I'm like, that's going to stay over here. And I would take care of them a lot better than my brothers would. And my sister just wanted Raphael, and that's what we fought because that was my favorite turtle. And so because it was red, she wanted that one. Right. But, I mean, um, I would say it started – I had some G.I. Joes. I had some Master of the Universe. Like, I remember always wanted Snake Mountain. I had Castle Grayskull. My buddy had Snake Mountain. And I remember always being jealous. I wanted that Snake Mountain because you put the microphone in, the freaking thing talked. It was like, come on now. That was that was boss back then. Um, but I've always been a Batman guy. And it wasn't until 89 we started getting a full run of Batman. We had the Superpowers line. Right. And I had a few of those. I never owned an Amigo. I never owned one of those. I've always seen them, mm-hmm. and yeah, I've heard stories of them, but I never owned them. Um, but I would say it started with the 89 Batman, where I said I have to have all these. And that's when I started getting a little bit older, and I kind of fell out of it. And then um, I want to say I was maybe in my 19, 20 years old. You know, I'm making good money. I don't have any kids back then. I'm a single guy. Yeah. I just started buying Batman stuff glow. I mean, I, and my collection skyrocketed after that. Just Batman this, Batman, anything Batman was mine, my mind. And after that Toy Hunter episode where they filmed my room because of the Batman collection, 
Um, I kind of stopped getting Batman stuff. I don't. I still get like the black of my statues. I still get a couple of figures here and there, but it became so redundant with the bucks and the repaints and this and the variants and the and the exclusives that you know I kind of threw my hands and go, well now I'm gonna cherry pick things, and I went to Power Rangers. Okay. Now I get. I mean, I, I the Japanese figure arts. The SA, I mean, I have all the SHFs. SHFs. Now the legacy from the Bandai line, I have all those. Now that's ending. Now that Hasbro took over. Now we have to wait to see what Hasbro's going to put out. But my toy collecting has kind of been weird. And I know uh, back in the day I was putting up reviews three, four a month, if not more. Right. And I just stopped buying everything because, you know, priority shifted. You know, I got a smaller apartment. I can't really – I mean, you see the video screen. Right. I, I don't have much room in, for what I used to have. So I've been cherry picking a lot lately, and that, that's been the downside. So, you know, you, you're saying you're 19, you're 20, you've got a little bit of disposable income, you've got time. But at that age, were you toy hunting on your own? Were your friends accepting of your hobby? Um, oh. Or was it harder to break <laughs> away and say, okay, yeah, no, no, we're, we're going to grab like, something to drink. I'll, I'll be right back. I'm going to go use the bathroom and, and hit the toy section and then come back. This was the beauty of living in South Florida. Um, my roommate at the time, he was being at the Spawn. Okay. So he collected all the, the Spawn figures, the, right. the movie figures, the the Spawn series this. He was part of the Spawn Collectors Club, you know, everything. I mean, I remember when the Matrix came out and the Twins, Twin 2 was the hard one to find. And yeah. We would go hunting. And my buddy Mike, my buddy, my buddy Tim, he was my roommate, but Tim – but we would take every Tuesday. I, I did the schedule. We all worked together. So I'd give us all Tuesday off. Mm-hmm. And Tuesday back then is when Toys R Us got their shipment and Walmart got their shipment. So we take off Tuesday. And in our area in South Florida, I, I know this probably changed, but I'm going to speculate. Back in the day, there was one, two, there was probably six Toys R Uses between Boca Raton and, and north of Miami. We didn't go far. We didn't go into Miami. We stayed in Broward County. So – uh, from Boca to North, just the county line, there's about six, seven Toys R Uses, about nine Targets, and about 13 to 14 Walmarts. Okay. And we would hit those in one day. We'd start at like, like 8 in the morning, get breakfast, and go. we start north, go south, go east, go west. we go to the beach place, and, and it was always a thing. It was either Hooters mm-hmm. or it was uh, Ruby Tuesdays for lunch, one of those two places. And then for dinner, we we uh, we have dinner and then hit the last bit of Toys R Us's. And you know, we have a, a sweet haul. I mean, like you know, whether it be Marvel Legends, whether it be um, Spawn figures or whatever we saw. I mean, then we we wrapped it up on Wednesdays at our comic shop, and that's the comic shop there is one of the biggest ones I've ever. Still, this very day, I mean, I work for a comic shop, but um, the comic shop back home was still to this very day the biggest thing I've ever seen in my life. And that's where we end up at, on Wednesdays. So the toy hunting would go from Tuesday to Wednesday, basically. Was there um, was there competition? Was there, you know, who can get through the door first? Was it were there rules on who gets what type of toy or? Um, the rules were um, as far as variants go, like uh, chases. So Marvel Legends had chases. Right. Um, I was in the Marvel Legends too at the time. I, I had uh, almost all of them uh, from the Toy Biz runs, um, and it would be an alternation. Like you know, hey. My buddy Mike was big Spider-Man. So anything Spider-Man related, he got first dibs on. Okay. Anything X-Men, Batman related, I got first dibs on. Anything Spawn related, Tim got first dibs on. 
And then if we found other ones, you know, whether it be a, a KBA or Spencer's in the, mm-hmm. in the process, then, you know, hey, we, we would kind of share the wealth. And then uh, a toy group uh, we were part of, this is before Facebook, um, online forums were really big. Right. Um, and um, I, I don't want to say the name of the forum out there. Might, I know they're, they're a big forum, but um, yes, they sir. did, um, was that? I think we know who it is and we don't like them either. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I, um, but they um they would do Marvel Legends by the case, okay. And basically, you would sign up for a case of Marvel Legends. So we're like, you know what? But KB's at time KB's closing down, and you know, just priorities started shifting again. We said, you know what? So much easier. Let's get a case. And if we got a, a chase case, then we would alternate the chase case. So Mike and I, because Tim wasn't into the Marvel Legends, Mike and I would alternate chase cases. Okay. This is Sanchez, by the way. If you um, oh okay yeah. Um, yeah. So we've been friends for, for years, but, um, uh, he would, you know, we all put the same amount of money in for the case and you were guaranteed one set each right in the, in, in back, back in those days, right. it was there, a full yeah. split, you know, 50-50, you were at least yeah. get at least 50, 50. So if there were chases in there, then if it was his turn, he got it. And then, right. you know, vice versa. So, you know, what was, what was the big one that you guys were either looking for or, Oh my God, I found it back then. For you guys oh um for mike it was i want to say wave five no, no, no wave three wolverine the maskless one. maskless one yeah, okay yeah yeah with with the walmart foil not the comic right that was the one we had fun then uh walmart had different spawn figures so for tim it was because they couldn't do the hamburger face for walmart they kept the mask on so tim had to get all the walmart ones like that for me it was the um dcuc wave three um uh the um deathstroke the variant the massive one yeah yeah still have that that, that was um no i actually saw that a long time ago i i I had the 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 mass version still up on my shelf up here. I I saw a lot of my DCUC um, when I started getting to the figure arts, and with with the hope that one day figure arts would jump in DC, and now they're slowly still doing it. But you know, but I, I mean, it's I kept a good number. I'm, I don't know if you can see them, but yeah, no, yeah, you've got full shelves. Yeah. Like there's there's a good amount up there. So, what's it been like for you as a collector to kind of carry this? from because it seems like you you started in a little later than i did because i did all the he-man i did all the transformers i was gi joe and star wars and thundercats and silverhawks and visionary like every Mm. year or every six months whenever they release something new i was in like i was all in and my parents just well my mom did my mom and my aunt just went for it so you got a little bit later with turtles so what was it like to kind of because i'm thinking turtles are because we're i think the same age so Turtles are somewhere around nine, ten years old. Uh, I'm talking about this is like the original show, like right. the. Uh, it was a see, later. Um, gosh, I want to say eighty six, eighty seven. So I was about yeah, about seven, eight, yeah. nine, yeah, about, about between between eight and ten. I would say that was the years. So for turtles, for so me, what's it been like, like carrying that? throughout because even if you took a break in high school i think we all took a break in high school yeah but what's it been like like carrying this through like your whole life basically well i mean some people look at it and go ah 
And you, you, that's, you get that staple that, you know, you nerd that, or, or, but me, I don't, I never cared about that. I, I mean, and, and people who walk in my room now or back in the day when I had my, 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 I called them the bat cave back in the day. Um, they'd walk in and they'd be like, holy shit, look at all this stuff. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you, you, you get more of the awestruck as opposed to the stigma that, 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 that you're a geek or a nerd or, mm-hmm. or, or, or a 40 year old virgin. You get right. those jokes still. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. You get those jokes. My father is the is the biggest one of those jokes where he'll walk and go, son, I, I raised you better than this. He goes, come on now. And, uh, you know, then my my little brother, Jared, he'll um, he'll when he comes visit, I have to walk behind him afterwards because he'll put the figures in provocative poses, you know, purposely. <laughs> so, you know, but I mean, I, yeah, I mean, getting, getting into the game, I guess you want to say late. I mean, I, I had the He-Man figures, but I didn't have them all. Right. You know, because there's there's four of us. So I didn't, you know, turtles is the only thing we all could agree on. So that's why we got all the turtles, because all of us enjoy the turtles. And right. when it started coming out, my little brother was still in that age range where he could understand it and, and not really mess it all up. But were you going on toy hunts at that age? Were you, like, looking at the package going, oh, I need this. Like, can we stop at, you know, Walmart? Oh, yeah. Can we stop at Bradley? Oh, yeah. Were you doing that stuff as a kid? And oh then, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mom, come on. And and I said I I can almost tell you, with the exception of vehicles or or like like the turtle layer, like play sets or vehicles. Stuff. I, I if I want an action figure, I got it because okay. that was the arrangement. As long as my grades were good, I got what I asked for. I didn't get an allowance. Like right. I, I wasn't wore like five bucks a week or or, or ten ten bucks a, a month. I, I I got what I asked for as long as I kept my grades up, and that was the. That's the agreement. Like I even brought to my kids now. My kids, they, Daddy, I want an allowance. Well, what do you have in here? Like my daughter with her iPad. I, you know, I bought you that. Right. You know, that's a toy. You know, to, you do what you want. You know, she has a small collection too now. My young one, you know, she loves pops. I mean, who? What kid doesn't? Right. So when we go to the shop, if a new pop Funko comes in, she'll do shop work. She'll go around and she'll rearrange books. She'll sweep the shop, and then she gets pop figure. You know, she has some figure arts too. She has a couple figure arts on the mm-hmm. bottom shelf. She poses with mine because they go together. You what, know, and what's that? that? I said, what's that like for you seeing it kind of passed down? Because you know, your dad. You said your dad jokes about it a little bit and kind of gives you a hard time yeah. still. But I, I don't see you as being that dad. Like I see you saying, "Oh my God!" Like you're doing a really good job. Like when she's twenty or forty or whatever, and you're like, "Oh, you still have them." Like, what's it like passing that on? Let me tell you, it's very humbling. It tears up. Actually, I'm tearing up now thinking about it because you know, <laughs> she's like she's like my pride and joy. I mean, like yeah. she, my oldest one, she liked to do things, but now she kind of grew out of it. And I know eventually she, my little one's probably gonna grow out of it too. And I'll accept their girls, you know. And I've seen girls come back to it, you know, like right. the, the, my, you know Scott who owns a comic shop. His daughter was the same way. She. For a while, I was like, oh, I can't be bothered with this. Now she's back into Dragon Ball everything. Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball. So with my youngest, you know, Pokemon was life, and then now Roblox is life. So she, we go to the store, and, you know, she'll see the little mini um, blind boxes. You know, mm-hmm. every every kid watches these YouTube videos of people opening up blind boxes. So she wants to get a blind box, and she wants to do a little mini video. So, you know, I've watched her because she's watched me photograph toys for Casper's Corner, and right. she's watched, she's listened to the podcast. I mean, she half the time we were doing podcasts, she was in her playpen in the room next to me. Yeah. So back in the day, so I mean, she's listened. She's she's grown up in this culture. So my whereas my oldest kind of did her own thing always, but my youngest, you know, being a father, passing out down the knowledge, you know, she'll walk around the shops, and she's a better salesman than me. 
you know, people are looking for books and she'll show them where the Batman books are, or where the Spider-Man books are. And, you know, she, she sells, she upsells people all the time. Like, I think she, she sold um, a bombshell statue a couple weeks ago. I mean, I'm like, what? Like, yeah, she told me it was cool. So I wanted to buy it. So I'm like, all right, well, there you go. Sure, you know? So there you go. that's a good one. I mean, DC it's, it's, thanks you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, she, she, um, she makes me proud that, that she understands the knowledge and, and, you know, she'll walk around the room and when friends come over, she'll bring friends up here and she'll like, you can look at my daddy's stuff, but you cannot touch them. And she's, you know, everyone asked me when she was so little, how did I have, my shelves the way i did with a mm-hmm. two-year-old running around the class I mean, she knows that you don't touch daddy's stuff and then the stuff in the lower tiers was stuff that she could help arrange so when right. i dusted the figures she helps me rearrange them every time i dust this every shelf in this room she gives me insight on how to pose them so it's it, most of these poses are her idea and are you bringing that you know we, we we've kind of supported you in your classroom teaching and all the tech stuff that you guys do there um do you bring that stuff into the classroom too? Like, what's it like being a teacher trying to stay plugged? You, this keeps you plugged in a little bit to what's going right. on, you know, between Dragon Ball and Power Rangers, especially at the middle school, late elementary school age. Like, it keeps you plugged in a little bit more than the person that isn't into this stuff. So, what's it like bringing that stuff into the classroom or interacting with the kids with that stuff? The age group I teach is fourth through six. So that age group is about nine to 13, give or yeah. take when their birthdays are. Um, it's a very big spectrum. On the fourth grade spectrum, they walk up my classroom, and just to give you an idea, my classroom is wall to wall with comic book posters Batman, Harley Quinn, Black Panther, Spider Man. I mean, wall to wall. I have a Yoda cutout, you know. Star Wars. I mean, it's it's a sensory overload to people who love this stuff, and it's also like a safe place because these kids walk around and go, "Oh, I saw that that cartoon. Oh, I saw that toy," and they get so excited. And then, like you know, some of the kids will pull up the chair. And after in this after Black Panther came out, uh, a couple of the kids sat down and asked me how true was Black Panther the comics because they know Black Panther comics now, but they were trying to ask about like you know they. Back then, I right? always say I'm. I always say I'm old. Right. So they always like. So Mr. Q, tell us, tell us how everything was back in back in the day. I'm like back in the day. What are you talking about? <laughs> like you know, they asked me if I ever read Black Panther number one. I'm like, no, I've never seen it. You know, so yeah. I, I can I can tell you the synapses of it, but you know, but yeah, I mean, as far as that stuff goes, my my visually my classroom is there. Um, I don't bring many collectibles in my classroom, only for the fact that you know, you being uh, in, the, in the teaching. No yeah. uh, genre too. You know that your classroom isn't really safe overnight. <laughs> no, you know, but anyone would... can walk in. But I mean, I have I have pop funkos in there. Right, that's what I would usually do. Or when when the superhero squad was around, and I'd have doubles and triples of Spider Man or whoever. You know, I'd be, I'd bring in my extras because I figured mm-hmm. if they walked, I wouldn't care as much. Right. You know, I'd be mad, but it wouldn't be like oh my god, a piece of my collection's gone. But, I, right. you know, I always kept it. I did the same thing. I was, And that's the funny thing. You're Mr. Q, so am I. Yeah. <laughs> it always trips me out when you type that on, on Facebook. Um, but I, mean, I, I have I have a couple of Funkos. I have the Green Ranger. I have R2. I have BB-8. Uh, Mr. Miyagi, which trips them out because they're like, Mr. Miyagi. I'm like, well, it's uh, you, it's for me, you know? Right. Um, and I have um, uh, Batman 66 uh, Batman up there. Gotcha. And then I have the the Spiros. You know, the I, I've done a couple crowdsourcing um through donors choose uh for the these robots uh and spiro you know there's a bb8 
-hmm. I have a BB-8, I have an R2-D2, I have a Lightning McQueen. And all these tools, I mean, the kids grab an iPad from my desk, and when they do all the rest of their work, they can program with coding. Um, and, you know, BB-8 or R2, they, they make them talk to each other. They do all these different things. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful thing about these programs is it brings the culture into my classroom. And all of a sudden now, talking about Star Wars isn't taboo because they're seeing R2. You know, they're interacting with R2. Yeah. On a miniature scale, but it's still there. And the same thing with Lightning McQueen. I, I really wasn't sure how Lightning McQueen was gonna was gonna go in my classroom, but I've found the older kids like it more than the younger kids, um, because this Lightning McQueen is a little more interactive. Yeah. I mean, they talk to it, and I, I mean, I've I've asked myself, do I want to get the Spider Man? Because but the Spider Man doesn't do anything but sit in your desk and talk to you. It's kind of like having a live um, Cortana with you with, right. with the Spider Man. But I mean. If the Spider-Man did something like walk around or swang or did a, a breakdance move or something, maybe it'd be a little more interesting. But every, these other things, they move, they talk, they interact, and it's in their hands. And like I said, it brings the culture into the classroom. And that's what I've always wanted to integrate is that, you know, hey, I can still teach my lessons, but also tie, I always tie in superheroes with it because that's – for me, they know that's my thing. And – with my with my passion, it fuels me and it gives them knowledge. So like when the, when when the Avengers trailer dropped, I stopped all classwork. <laughs> I put the projector on, and I didn't care if there was gonna be an, uh, a, 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 a bad word bomb. I've always said if your parents call me, I'll take the heat for it. It's it's happening. We're watching this trailer right now, um, and sure enough, all the kids were like just mouths were gaping wide and like they're like wow can we watch it again i'm like yes yes, yes we go watch it again and we'll pause it so, this time we'll look at the picture i um, mean it, it's just like i said star wars i always have i have all the sagas in my drawer and we love watching the special features because i you know they love watching the green screen because we mm -hmm. do a lesson on a green screen so you know i i have a a blue and green canvas mm -hmm. and with the ipad we can do uh, they can make their own movies. I bring I bring uh, a couple of three and three uh, three seventy five inch um, old DC figures, and um, they do little movies with Batman and and Sinestro and all that stuff. So I mean, it's it's bringing. Like I said, the, the, if I can keep them cultured, yep. You know, because face it, kids these days aren't cultured. They they they're what they watch now, what they listen to now. We we have to kind of reel them in, and and like you know, my classroom plays nothing. When I play music, it's nothing current. It's all 80s and 70s rock. And then if I could play some old school rap, because I want to school them on rap so bad, uh, because <laughs> they all say Lil Wayne is better than Tupac. I want to beat them with a stick. Um, yeah. and, but I can't, because I said, I, I said, if I can make you hear this music, you would understand the difference. <laughs> What's it? What's That's it, a different story. What's it been like for you? Because I, I don't know about your middle school later you know elementary school experience but yeah you know, there was a time where i think around fourth grade wearing a batman shirt to class was a good idea like fun like you're proud of it and then some somewhere around sixth or seventh grade like you were spider-man and forget it like you're you know you, you might as well just tuck your shirt in throw something over you know cover you with a tent and now it's you know the geek culture with the avengers that really kind of just sparked this whole thing. I, I believe it. Like it's, it's the Avengers, you know, the Marvel world that really just kind of mushroomed out and kind of just exploded. 
and it makes it acceptable. Like it's cool to be a fan of Black Panther or it's cool to be a fan of Black Widow and you know we're going to have Captain Marvel coming and you know there's female heroes and there's minority heroes and there's just you know it's everything there's something for everybody. So what's it like for you to watch that kind of change being in a school and watching that change happen? I mean I see t-shirts that you wouldn't believe like I see girls walk around with daddy little, daddy's little monster shirt. I'm like, your mom would you wear at school? And like, yeah, I'm like okay, you know, he's your own, you know. But I mean, you know, there, there's there's the Darth Vader hoodies, there's the Deadpool hoodies. I mean, I mean, I there's and they all walk up, Mister Q, look what I got, and they show me their shirt. I'm like, that's awesome, man. You know, way to go. You know, we have the Spirit Week and the Superhero Day, and everyone wants to come to my room and see what I'm dressed up as. And I always do the default Jedi because it's yeah easy for me to walk around as a Jedi all day and have a Batman mask on. But I mean, you know, these kids go all out. I mean, they'll 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 have a Batman costume or, or a Joker costume or or a Captain America or an Iron Man, and they, I mean, they go all out to show that hey, Mr. Q, look, they want the acceptance. Yeah. And it makes me it makes me proud because you know, like you know, I would always I mean, I would say seventy five percent of my closet are are, are superhero shirts. Yeah, you know, from mine all, too. From turtles to to Batman to Spider Man to whatever. Um, and you know, I'll call when I go home to visit you know family. I'll unpack my suitcase and, you know, my dad goes and counts. He goes one, two, three, four, five, six, six. six okay. Six this year. Okay. You're, you're getting lower. I see. Okay. So, I mean, you know, it's, it's just funny though, know, but you, there's always going to be someone who looks at you and go, you're 38 years old. Why are you wearing that? Like, cause I like it. That's me. Right. I, I don't look at you wearing your Jack Daniels t-shirt going, you don't drink Jack Daniels. Why are you wearing it? You know? So it's like, you know, not that I guess anything, but it's like, you know, you do what you have to do to be happy. And that's the one thing I teach to my daughters mm. and teach to my students is that if you want to wear a Batman shirt, wear a Batman shirt. Yeah. If you want to wear a Spider-Man shirt, wear a Spider-Man shirt. If you want to like Marvel and DC, it's okay to like both. There's, there should not be a line of sand where your allegiance should lie. You know, go support the movies, go support the comics. I mean, God, yes, support the comics. I mean, cause you know, we, we, the more you sell the comics, the more they'll make these movies, the more they'll make these toys. And, you know, it doesn't have to be a, a, you know, Marvel fanboy versus DC fanboy. You can yes, like does. everything. Yes, it does. <laughs> Agree or disagree. Like, well, it, you, did you see the Deadpool trailer dropped? Yes. I, I actually watched that on my lunch break. I won't, I don't want to watch it. Yeah. With you the kids. can't watch that with the break. kids, but the line um, in there was priceless. Um, I mean, and it's, and it's, it's yeah, I mean, I, I'll say that. Yeah. I mean, I, I will say the shots they took, I mean, there was about three or four digs to DC yeah. in that trailer. I can see, but see for me, I enjoyed what I watched. It wasn't a masterpiece. It was nowhere near perfection, but I accepted what I got. Right. And I understand that this is not the Batman I grew up with. This is not the Superman I grew up with. I, I was able to separate myself from all that fanboyness to say, was it beautiful? It was beautiful. Was it perfect? No. It needed work. Now, Marvel has always put a good product out there. And I've always supported that. I've, I've been there all the opening weekends. And I've watched them. And I've, and I've, I've sat there going, you know, bravo. But have they been perfect? No, they've been great and sometimes outstanding, but they were never, a couple of them needed some work. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, I, I, I don't sit there and go, oh, well, I, I, I like one more than the other. No, I like them all the same. I, I mean, I, I, I love the genre and I support the genre. 
I don't support decisions made, like some of the casting <laughs> decisions or some of the, you know, like everyone's going, everyone's already crapping all over the Teen Titans show. And I'm like, you know what? You haven't what? seen it yet. You haven't seen it yet. And yeah. what you saw was a cell phone picture of behind the scenes in between takes. Right. You know, like I said, we, we've seen cosplayers do it better. And we can argue that all day. We've seen cosplayers do some of the Marvel ones better. And... And the end of the day is I've I've used this argument before in, in many, many podcasts yep. is when you have a couple billion dollars and you want to buy a franchise and you want to do it your way, do it your way, right. and maybe it'll be the one everybody wants to see. But until then, watch. what we got? Yeah, watch what we got. Just I mean, watch. I mean, I mean, like I said, everyone's everyone at the comic shop wants to come in and 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 throw shade at me about batman superman and, and justice league about you know batman oh batman went and straight murked everybody and i'm going okay did you watch the tim burton one yeah did you like it no. oh i loved it it's, it's, it's amazing i'm like okay and my biggest argument was do you remember when he drove the batmobile into access chemical what did he use oh he used a machine gun to cut the door down okay you think there was any collateral damage in that? Well, I don't know, because you didn't see it. Right. I said, but when he went cocooned and the bomb went between the guy's nutsack, I said, do you think he survived that? Well, I didn't think of it that way. All right, let's fast forward. You like Batman Returns, right? Oh, yeah, it was pretty good. I said, do you remember when he punched the fat clown in the mouth and then shoved the dynamite down his pants and threw him down the sewer? You think he survived that? Well, no, probably not. Okay, so Batman killed back then, right? But everyone's okay with it because it was funny. I said, well, well, we give a little bit more serious nature and, oh, we can't have this. I think it's internet culture. I think that's that's what's changed it because the, the outlets weren't available to be this critical. Like, they were there, and you can do this kind of critical thinking with your – it is critical thinking, people. We do analyze things, even though they're movies and comic books. <laughs> um, fans would break it down like that. Like, Batman would never kill the Joker. You know, he would never drop him off or let him die or, you know, he'd right. make an effort, you know, those kind of conversations. But you didn't have the Internet to kind of blow everything up the way it is today. So and so we've got these we've romanticized who Superman is. He's the Boy Scout and Batman doesn't kill. And Wonder Woman is the, the warrior like we've romanticized what they boil down to. But we've been going back to the early days of all this stuff. Things have changed so much in the character that they're different for every generation. I think that's the thing. Like everybody gets stuck on a generational thing. Like ours are the eighties. Like right. it's, it's Jack Kirby art with the new gods and it's um, the work on the superpowers and you know, that color scheme and that pattern and everything that's kind of what, what excites us, or me at least is like when I see that flash or that Batman, like those colors really just, stir something inside of me that's just like oh it's my the inner kid in me is just like excited um but everything changes like everything has changed and i think the toy industry has changed too because you, you yeah. look at the superpowers and you move towards your sh figure arts that you kind of got me into a little bit <laughs> <laughs> like reading your reviews and looking at your pictures i'm like yeah and then you brought me into ageless geeks as if as a as a group and you know, uh, seeing all that stuff, I, I kind of jumped into figure arts and, you know, I, I try to not go overboard. I try to keep it to a reasonable amount. Um, but what's it been like for you to see that collecting change where you really can't walk into a, a standard retail store and buy your product? 
So what's it been like for you to see that change as a collector? As a collector, I mean, I've seen it for the last couple of years getting harder uh, because right now you, you can't, there's always, especially eBay now, eBay and, you know, the workers now know what's what's hot before we know it's hot. And so they know when it comes in the stock, unless we use that brick finder or whatever it is to find the product, um, you know, it's hard to find now. So it forces us to go to the online outlets, whether it be Amazon or or if they have an online store or the pre-order it. Right. Uh, what people don't understand about the figure arts is um, those pre-orders aren't just there um, to be there. They're, they're there to they make those products based upon the pre-order, the pre-order. and they make, they'll make a couple extra you know they'll make a couple runs extra for for overflow but they don't mass produce like your marvel legends or your dc universe did these are made to order basically and mm-hmm. you know that that's what drives these uh, imports up and some some unfortunately down when they do a reissue like you know you know when they did the luke skywalker from return of the jedi figure right. art i mean that thing was you know, the, the thing to have, and now they're going to reissue it. So now people are trying to unload it now while they, while the iron's hot still on that figure. Right. But I mean, as far as the culture change, you know, we're looking at the, clo- we, we see, we see KB go down, you know, we, we, we see in hope um, rumor has they're rising back up again, but you know, KB has gone down. Toys R Us is folding, you know, We've you go into a Walmart and it's very hard to one Walmart is full of the mecca of everything you want. And one Walmart has a little section that's like still rogue one wave one. Right. You know, so it's, it's, I mean, and you go to target Target where they don't have a policy target employees. You know, I remember when the 40th anniversary uh, star Wars black series came out, yeah. I did use a little thing to find the, the number. And I said, Hey, you have a case of these in the back. And the guy looked at me like, damn, because if you ask for it, they have to go get it. Right. So he comes out, and of course, I grabbed R2, and I grabbed Leia, because those are the two I wanted. And he was like, man, I was going to pick up that case later. I'm like, well, sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, it, my kids now, who used to love to go to Toys R Us, now won't, won't have an access to. And, you know, what killed it? We can all speculate what killed it, and it's, it's hard to say what killed it. But I mean, and, and at the end of the day, you know, to say to my daughter, hey, we can't go to Toys R Us, but we can go on Amazon and find it now, it kind of takes the, the the hunt out. And but if there's got there's got to be a new way of hunting soon. But how, what, when, where? I mean, who I knows? mean, but but what I was kind of talking about too is like you know I'm looking at some of the stuff and um, I'm looking at you know Tony on the couch behind you, um, like you got the Iron Man sitting there from Iron Man three. Um, you know, you, you've picked a, uh, a genre of toys that like, you, you're not going to find at Toys R Us. Like you might find a couple, right. but you're not going to find them. They're definitely not going to get them at Walmart. You're not going to get them at Target. So you've either got to go to a specialty shop that's, you know, specialized in them. You have to go to a convention, um, or you have to order them online. So what, what, what was it that made you want to make that move? And so instead of getting a Marvel Legends version of that Iron Man, you got the figure arts version. You know, what what made that decision for you? I'm, I'm trying to remember um, what my first figure art was. And I think it was the Power Ranger ones. Mm-hmm. 
And I got the I got the red I got the Red Ranger uh, through a trade. I didn't I I never had him before. Uh, I think it was for one of my DC Universe ones. The guy was like, "Yeah, I have this Red Ranger." I'm like, uh, "Sure, why not?" You know, I, I've always I, I've been known to trade things for randomness before. Mm-hmm. And once I posed this thing and took the hands off and realized that how much I can interchange, I said, "Well, I have to have them all now." That was before the hype train on these Power Rangers drove them insanely huge. Um, cause I was able to get a second set to, um, customs on them for the dragon shields, mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, um, then they came out with the Iron Man ones and I was late to the game on some of the Iron Man ones. I had to go back and some of those ones were kind of pricey when I, when I went back to buy, find some of those. Um, but it was just a, I guess it was, like you said, they're hard. They, they weren't mass produced. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's, it, it felt to me like it was it had some sense of just higher quality in my opinion. Like they, they, they were, they weren't as stiff as the Marvel legends. Mm-hmm. They were more fluid. I can do more. And I mean, like you see, most of them aren't, they're posed pretty vanilla. Most of them, you can see the background, right. but then you got the one on the couch. He has his leg up crossed his arm across the back of the couch. You can't do that with a Marvel legend and make it look right. I've tried. I had the Marvel Legend when I tried. It just it lacks it lacks a little bit of the ethic, uh, aesthetics to aesthetics, it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I mean the 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 whole real life movements of the figures, and I mean you got figure arts, you got Figma, and you right. have Rebel Tech, you know, you know, and and people like to to tear them out. Like Rebel Tech is like the the Walmart of imports. Then you got Figma, which is you know, the, that target, then you have like the right. creme of the creme of the figure arts. But, you know, like there's times where I get like a, a Mafex that I like a Mafex, uh, which is done by Medicom, um, more than I like a figure art, but then Mafex quality isn't all that uh, great. So, it's just, you know, it, 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 the, the, the late nights of trying to wait for Japan to go online to pre order these things were a pain in the butt. And that's when I jumped on the Ageless Geeks. Because this guy uh, who runs it, uh, Alex, he's a really good guy. He runs it. He says, you know, hey, I got a pre-order system. I go, okay, well, what's the pre-order system? He goes, well, tell me what you want, and when it comes out, you pay me. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. Because before, when you'd go to um, the Jap- Jap- and, Jap- and uh, Japanese sites, yeah, Hobby Link Japan, uh, right, you, some, some of them didn't require a, um, a pre-order. Like, you could just say, hey, click on my cart, and then when it came out, um, you paid. Right. But then they started getting like the Marvel, uh, the Marvel ones, the Avengers. They required a down payment, um, or or paid in full before you could order it. Same with the Star Wars. Uh, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't have eighty bucks at this point in time to order this thing. So, you know, being a part of these online groups from Facebook where you can pre-order them and you know you, you get you get street cred. You know, some Facebook groups require you to do a deposit, but you know, Angels Geeks. You know, once well, you get your credit up, you, you don't have to worry about nothing. And, right. And, and like, so as long as you, as long as you pay, you're, you're still in good standings. And and you have to be accepted into the groups. Like, there's yeah, you, know, you have to either be spot a little bit of sponsorship. Like, you have to know somebody because <clears throat> you know, like you said, you're not just going to walk in and say, "New guy here, I'm just going to pre-order." There is a little bit of vetting of of who you are. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But I think that, um, at least for me, it's kind of opened up a new community for me where. You know, it, it was me and three or four other people that were collecting toys down here in, up here in Connecticut. 
And so, you know, what I know, where I know things are, or my exposure to the different types of toys, I, I think has grown because of those groups. And I think that, I yeah. mean, seeing your stuff got me into a little bit of figure arts. And then, you know, uh, I'm looking at other things, looking at higher end stuff. And I mean, my collecting has stepped up. It's different. I'm a little more selective, but I'm still the, you know, grabbing every Marvel Legend I can and, you know, and, and, um, Star Wars figure at retail. But I, I think for a special piece, like I'll buy the Zelda, like I bought the Figma Zeldas because they look so much better than anything you could buy yeah. at the other places. But so <clears throat> I've been asking everybody as we kind of wrap things up, um, cause we're getting towards an hour almost. Um, what's your, we, we don't like to use the word Holy grail. Um, but what, what's your white whale? What What's the thing that either you've never gotten in your collection and always wanted or the thing that you've always wanted and were able to track down and still have today? Um, I think I said earlier when we were talking, the one thing I always wanted as a kid was Snake Mountain. Yep. And I never got it. Never got it. Uh, will I go and find it now? Uh, no, I, I kind of got out of the Masters universe. I, I kind of grew out of that one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that that would not be the, the white whale right now. Um, my Based upon my current collecting, I would say my my, my white whale would be the, um, the legacy uh, Red Ranger power sword. Because um, I have all the weapons from Mighty Morphin that they came out with. Mm-hmm. And I just haven't had – there's – where I live, there's no Toys R Us. Gotcha. And on top of that, I'm not. I, I can't justify, you know, being a single father. I can't justify $140 on a sword. So I mean, I'm gonna wait and buy my time. I'll get to it eventually. Um, same thing with the Zeonizer. I can't justify buying it right now. You know, I have my kids need things. Um, but I did. I was able to track down um, the uh, Bandai exclusive um mark six um iron man uh that was the uh black and gold uh, armor gotcha it was a uh, tamashi uh 2013 or 2012 exclusive mm-hmm. and uh, i mean i i i was able to grab it and i got it for a pretty good price and then uh the other one was the were the um the uh dino charge rangers uh from figure arts they were only sold in japan they weren't they didn't have a u.s release mm-hmm. so uh they the red ranger had a u.s release but the pink and blue and the green and um and black were two packs they you only get in japan they were premium shop exclusives so um when i hunted those down for a decent price i was very proud of my collection for that so so wrapping up um Anything you want to plug? Anything you want to say? Anything you want to end with? Um, if you guys are looking for a good uh, good site to go to, you know, always Cash's Corner. Um, hopefully, <laughs> yes. I can get myself get myself running again. Um, but um, like I said, guys, go 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 to your comic shops. Support your local comic book shops. Uh, I don't know when this is going to air. Um, if it does air around Free Comic Book Day, then guys, that's a perfect time to go and, and visit. Uh, the gold tier comics are coming out this year are, are pretty on point. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you go after free comic day, you know, if you buy one comic book a month, that still supports your local shop. Uh, brick and mortar shops are, are going away the dodo and a lot of people are folding faster than they can open. Um, so if you have one that's been around for a while, just 
buy a book or two, you know, go in there. Hey, you have a dollar bin, you know, buy a couple dollar books and get, get, get started. Even if you're reading a comic book, you're still reading a book. And that's how I tell my kids, you know, when, when they don't want to read their AR books, I go grab a comic book out of, the, out of my box. I'm here, read Spider-Man, you know, mm-hmm. it's reading. And like I said, if anything I can plug is, is definitely go and support your local comic book stores. And if they're selling toys and stuff too, you know, buy a toy. I mean, support them. They, they are the black backbone of, of the culture and they keep the culture going. I mean, you, you, you can buy a comic on eBay, you can buy a comic um, from an online store, but it's not the same as actually having it in your hand and going walking out of it with it and saying, I got the variant issue of Power Rangers this, or I got the variant issue of, of Spider-Man, you know, or, you know, I got the first appearance of this character. It, it definitely, definitely support your local comic book shops. Cool. All right, well, we're going to wrap this one up, and God knows where this is going to fit in there, so you might have heard one already, but or this might be the first one. I'm not sure. We'll see where, where, where JQ fits in after we kind of assemble our little group of collectors to kick off um, the corner cast to get ready for San Diego. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, we'll talk to you soon. So thanks, Jay. Ciao.